Everybody feeling the pressure right now, including the coaches. Jack Williams gonna launch it immediately. This is gonna get to the end zone. Championship weekend on the line, and the disc is caught! The New York Empire are going back to the championship weekend! Ryan Oscar catches it at the buzzer! Welcome back, it's Swing Pass. We're still too excited about the release of the 2023 AUDL schedule, so myself and Daniel Cohen will be going over the biggest matchups we're anticipating for the upcoming season. Now, we've got six games highlighted. We're going to be going back and forth. I'll let Daniel take over with the opening weekend matchup between D.C. and Carolina. Just one of the, I think, the more underrated rivalries that's been developing over the last several seasons between these two interdivisional foes. It really has. I mean, pretty much every game between these teams in their history has been good. I think they've played a total of five games now. They played their most recent three in 2021 when both teams were in the the one-hit wonder Atlantic division when we had eight teams all stacked in the a combined East-South. I I still miss those days, man. But this is like, it's a it's a preview or a, kind of a, a nod to what we saw in 2021. DC and Carolina get to play each other twice this season. It all starts the first game of the week of the season, April 29th. DC will be going to Carolina for their first meeting. There was a debate at the end of last season, you know, New York beat DC in the East Division Championship. East Division Championship game, Carolina in the semis, and then Chicago in the finals to win their title. And it was like, which of those three teams did we think was the second best team? Like, D.C. probably played New York better than anyone else last year. Carolina, of course, did make it to championship weekend. D.C. cannot say that. And then Chicago technically came in second last year. So this first meeting, in my mind, is like a tone setter for this season of like which team is the second best, which team is the most likely to dethrone New York at some point if they do meet in the postseason. So it's kind of like those three teams and then Colorado out West. I view those as a pretty clear top four heading into the season. DC's got some new pieces to integrate. You get to see that right away. Cole Jurek, Andrew Roy, adding those guys from Minnesota, and then re-adding Joe Merrill, who played last year with Salt Lake, but played in 2021 with DC. So Joe Merrill has played against this Carolina team several times before as well. So I think there's just a lot of excitement for D.C., seeing if they can finally get over New York in the East. And if they can knock off uh, Carolina in the first week of the season, I think that's just going to really set the tone in a positive way for D.C. going forward. Yeah, I mean, Merrill put himself on my map in uh, that week two, I believe it was, the first matchup in 2021 between these two teams when he was just kind of skying and running wild on the rails as a wide receiver yeah. two or even wide receiver one option for this breeze offense. Uh, I, I, I agree with you on all your points. I'm so excited to see the new additions for the breeze. If it really makes them that level up, even from last year when, like you say, mm-hmm. they might have been the second best team in the league were it not for being tossed off in the East Division final by an undefeated New York team. Uh, I I can't really say who I favor in this matchup. I really think it's a strength versus a strength. You talk about DC's handler-centric motion offense versus a Carolina team that is super versatile defensively and loves to kind of take teams apart right in the backfield, right at the point of attack. 
it'll be yeah. interesting to see which team can kind of gain that foothold first. But I think in a week one, I kind of expect DC to have a lot of very disciplined systems. I expect them to be very quick in initiating and keeping things up tempo. And I think it's going to be a little bit more of an offensive centric game. And I, I think that just favors the breeze. I, I'm going to take DC in this week one matchup, but I could see them absolutely splitting the season series as the Flyers get more and more momentum. We kind of saw them starting slow in 2021. That didn't right. face them on their way to winning a title. I expect something similar in this match- matchup. I could see DC maybe starting a little bit quicker, but maybe the Flyers learn something from this. I agree with you. I would take DC to win right now. Our way too early predictions, which we'll make for all these games. Carolina, to me, just never feels like a team that starts the season that fast. I mean, last year, of course, they went 11-1. and But that first game of the season against Atlanta, it was, what, like 16-14? to It yeah. was just kind of like grindy and not like the prettiest ultimate from either team. I think DC has a better chance of starting the season fast. And like you mentioned, 2021, Carolina dropped, what was it, their first two games of the year? Uh, They started Mm 0-2 before, Mm -hmm. you know, winning, whatever, eight of their last 10 games to go into the playoffs. So, yeah, just a combination of that. And I, I do think DC is probably a little bit deeper this year, just... Having two full lines on both offense and defense, you can maybe make the same argument for Carolina, but it's maybe a little bit less clear to me. So I think DC's depth is, in my mind, the best in the league right now. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with you there. I think with the additions of Jurek and, uh, excuse me, Roy, and then the re-addition of Merrill, they're just stacked everywhere you look. Uh, They'll be returning Rowan again. He looks like he's going to be even better this year after looking like an MVP candidate last year for them. All signs pointing up for DC, but let's continue to move forward. Let's move into week two. I'll take this one. We're moving out west. We're talking about Pavel Giannis's first game ever with the Los Angeles Aviators facing off against last year's West Division champion Colorado Summit. This is going to be one of the more hyped, I think, just in terms of overall aesthetic games of the year. You've got Pavel facing off against the Colorado community that kind of birthed him. He went to, of course, college at the University of Colorado. He went to the inaugural summit tryout in 2022. He's connected with so many of the players on the summit, and yet he has already kind of put his gauntlet into the ground for the 2023 <laughs> season, proclaiming in the uh, Ian Toner article that he was going to be the sharpest thorn in Colorado's side for the next several seasons. And this is going to be the first crossing of the tack between these two teams. And I've got to say, you know, Pavel already kind of has this experience in hand, right? He was on a much, he joined a much beleaguered Chicago team in 2017 that was near the bottom of the Central Division looking way up at a Madison Radical team that had just won several consecutive divisional championships, were the best defense in the league. And it just felt like this kind of David versus Goliath matchup when it first began. Now, fast forward several years, Pavel sort of disassembled the Madison empire of that division. And he said as much kind of continually throughout the years that that was his intention. Now he said it once again in a new setting out in the West. Do you think that these kind of proclamations from him are going to take seed early? I I don't know that I expect it to necessarily show up in this week two matchup. I think some of the Aviators offseason additions, like 
Daniel Brunker are obviously very exciting, but you look at this Colorado team. I mean, they are undoubtedly on a championship quest in 2023 in their second season in the league. I'm not going to say the, the, the word before the West that we use to describe the, the mayhem that occurs in that division. But like, I'm just, I'm just thinking of like last season when Salt Lake went into San Diego, there was like so much hype around San Diego, having made two straight championship weekends. And then Salt Lake, just this new team that people didn't really know a ton of people on the roster. And then Salt Lake just straight up beat them, like basically from start to finish in that Mm -hmm. game. I mean, it wouldn't like overly surprise me if LA was able to win this game against Colorado. Colorado also started off very slowly last year. I think part of that was just kind of getting into AUDL Man, mode. They really talent. hit their stride about like you talk about what? DC having two lines of just available star level starting talent. No, I know, I know. That's Colorado, and that's what they were kind of working through those first couple of weeks. It's like, where do we put yes. Nethercut and Fruit <laughs> and Finer and Atkins and everyone right. all together? Like, of course. I mean, they they hit their stride by like week three or four. So it wasn't even like it took them that long. But I don't know. Like, I, they have a few a few uh, you know roster variations this year compared to last year. They lost Brunker to LA, which. Maybe that gives LA some kind of edge. Like if Brunker can somehow tell them more what to expect from Colorado, you know, either offensively or defensively too, because he did play both sides of the disc. I'm just so, I'm so eager to see how Pavel fits in and how Pavel plays against a team like Colorado. That's just going to be slinging it as much as anyone else in the West. So if it's just like a, like a gunslinging shootout out there, I'd probably give the edge to Colorado, but I think that would be like the most exciting uh, version of Pavel's debut with LA that we could see. But just to pick a winner, I, I, I can't, I can't fully commit to LA yet. No, I gotta, I gotta go with Colorado. They're, they're the reigning West Division champs. It's, it's their game to lose for sure. Now, there are still some pretty interesting rumors out there in the wind about some possible further aviation pickups before the 2023 season begins that could definitely impact That's this true. first matchup. So, you know, I, I, I'll pick Colorado right now, I think maybe by like a three goal favorite, but that that could change in the coming weeks. Uh, the offseason is still young. Yeah. Still time. Yeah. It, it's crazy how far it's already felt like it's progressed with this, you know, Giannis moving west. We haven't even talked about on this show Elijah Jaime joining the Salt Lake Shred in the past week. That's a huge right. pickup for the runner-up finishers in that division. You know, just a terrific wide receiver one option for Jordan Kerr, who finished as the league leader in assists last year. But I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll, of course, be previewing this all in the coming weeks on the show. But let's stick on topic. Let's get to the next matchup, week three, probably the premier rivalry in, I'm just going to say, it's the premier rivalry in the league right now. Yeah. New York Empire at DC Breeze, the first rematch between these two teams since the East Division Championship game last year. 21 of the last 26 games between these two teams have been decided by four goals or fewer. 13 of the 26 matchups have been decided by one goal. There isn't a matchup like this in this league. These teams have 
battled the past four seasons in particular with the New York Empire, I believe, eliminating New York in two of the last four playoffs, 2018 and 2022, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So, yeah, and, and just, correct. you know, every single time these teams have met over the past three seasons, at least, it has been game of the week caliber matchup. You're talking Ben Yacht, Jack Williams, Jeff Babbitt on one side versus Rowan, AJ Merriman, Tyler Monroe, Christian Boxley, all of the talent on DC. This is strength strength versus strength, excuse me. Uh, and this is the first time we're going to see it in 2023. And I think the biggest question going into it is, does DC's new additions make a difference? Empire stand to return the best roster that has ever been assembled in this league. Uh, you know, I, I don't think it's any real surprise that we might have seen the greatest team in this league's history last season in the undefeated Empire. And they stand to return a majority of that roster. They return last year's MVP They were in Ryan Osgaard. They returned the 2019 and 2021 MVP and Ben Yacht. Jack Williams is often labeled as the best player in the world. This matchup has everything. And I think the only thing that really can be the cherry on top at this point is for the Breeze to finally kind of strike back and show that the Empire can have blood drawn from them, right? Like that that they're mortal. Like I think just somebody needs to show that this Empire team can maybe come down out of the clouds a little bit. And it feels like DC might be the best equipped team in the league to do that. How much do you feel like DC is going to really try and carry over the momentum that they did have against New York in that East Division Championship game and just like needing to get back to to just the, the really the full game of that where they they fought from start to finish and even though New York had like a somewhat like a three or four goal lead around halftime and maybe into the third quarter DC just like was in the zone and they were ready to rally back. Like I think DC, I think of them as a team that is very strong at playing with a lead, but not that great when they fall behind just because of their style of offense. It's not fast paced. It's not quick hitting. So like I, I was legitimately worried for them for a while. And obviously they, they did end up losing that game, but how much of that do you think can sort of influence their identity and, and how they choose to play New York this season? You know, I think it's really poignant you bring up that comeback. It was honestly one of the more impressive efforts, even though they fell short in the end. I really felt like that showed a medal that really supports the idea yeah. that they were the second best team last year. You just didn't see any other team last year getting back at New York once they had a lead, right? Like that was sort of what made the Empire so intimidating last year it was like once they went up two goals it may have well have been four or six or eight they were just going to keep blowing that right. gap apart and to watch dc just lock in and take every step that they could when they could it was like watching a a free climber or something on the face of a you know a mountain or something like there's just no room for any kind of error and dc was willing to take advantage mm -hmm. of every opportunity that was presented to them and I, I do think it's important for them to carry forward that momentum, but I also think it's really important for them, given that this is the first time that they'll meet the season and it won't be the last, for them to kind of identify what their matchups are with New York. I think that they did that so, so well in the playoff game. You talk about like the Jasper Tom matchup on Ryan Osgar, one of the, the most effective one. 
individuals at shutting down the MVP that season, forced him into a primary receiving role, kind of eliminated a lot of his potency as a thrower. That kind of became the blueprint for the next two games against the Empire. You know, can DC sort of continue to figure out small, small marginal solutions for this Empire team that really doesn't have much you can do at certain levels, right? Like, there are things that you can game plan for with New York, but at a certain level, like, they just have so much talent. They're going to score on you. They're going to get their runs. They're going to make their plays, and you've got to figure out how to adapt to that. And and that just kind of gets back to the beginning of my point, which is that DC, maybe more than any other team, has shown the ability to do that. I, I think that that's a part of their identity. I don't know that they need to show it in this matchup, and that's maybe why, for me, I, I favor the Empire in this first matchup. I think it's going to be a big ego game for the Empire. Ego or Empire have had to watch DC add in all this talent and kind of challenge their narrative a little bit, right? And I think New York showed last year at championship weekend that they are willing to take on all comers. If you, if you're going to challenge the crown, you best not miss, you know, are they playing in DC or in New York? In DC. I'm going to give it to DC. I'll, I'll I'll put a a way too early prediction on DC to win this one. I am so curious on the New York side, what, what teams do with Ryan Osgar this year? Because like you said, that Jasper-Tom matchup really set the tone for the rest of the playoffs and championship weekend. Osgar was just like a pure receiver after that because Carolina played him the same way. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing was, like, obviously it didn't matter. Like, New York still destroyed Carolina and Chicago. But still, I I do think that was the right move, and it was what DC had success with. And staying staying in that game... And keeping Osgar out of rhythm, you know, you just don't want the disc in the hands of the most dangerous thrower more often than not. So I am curious, like, for non-DC matchups this year, like, if Toronto and Philly, if they take a page out of DC's book and, and can make, make New York a little bit more uncomfortable offensively, but probably getting a little bit ahead of myself there, I, I am going to take DC to win that game just to, just to disagree and to give a nod to DC. I think they... They are well-equipped to challenge New York this year. I would be remiss not to point out that I did choose D.C. to win the 2023 title when we made way too early predictions, like back in <laughs> November, the first week of December. So, Forgot about that. Still holding on yeah. that until the tides turn totally against me. But you're, you're up yeah, next yeah. for our next matchup. Yeah, yeah, let's move on. So we'll stick with New York. Week 12... We have this is one of the one of the more interesting matchups this season. New York is going to Colorado and to Salt Lake. I forget, is it do they go to Salt it's Salt Lake first, right? And then Salt Lake is on Friday and then Colorado is on Saturday. Is that correct? Yeah. So Colorado, nope. they're playing the second game. No, of, you have it flipped. You have it flipped. Oh, is that way, reverse? I think. Yeah. Okay, so Salt, Salt Lake, Lake is the game, game of the week. Either way. Got it, got it, got it. So yeah, Colorado on Friday. Okay, so even better. You get a fresh New York mm-hmm. team traveling west to play presumably the team that will likely be in first place in the West Division. So just, again, two of the top four teams, like the D.C.-Carolina matchup week one and like the New York-D.C. matchup. This is one that we're definitely circling. This is the first ever meeting between these two teams, and I think Colorado is going to be very antsy to take their shot at the defending champions. They did not get to play them last year. First ever meeting between these two teams. 
the individual players in this game, I mean, I, I could rattle off a, a quick list, but like the cumulative awards and like candidates we have for season awards, both for the, likely for this year and for last year, you got the reigning defensive player of the year and Cody Spicer. You got all these all AUDL players, uh, Babbitt, Williams, Osgar. Yeah, I hate MVP. that I'm starting to list them because I, yeah, yeah, three, like a casual three MVPs in this meeting and like probably a handful of MVP candidates for next year too, even if it's not one of the previous MVP winners, like Quinn Finer, Alex Atkins are on MVP watch, I would say. Uh, Jeff Babbitt, obviously always a force there as well. So like there's just so much juice to this matchup and so much individual talent. And I expecting, I'm, I'm expecting Colorado to play their normal like, deep attack, aggressive offense, which in turn is going to create that effect for New York to play that version of their offense as well. So I'm just expecting like an explosion, a a 32 to 30 New York win over Colorado, something ridiculous. It's probably a little high, Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this game. This is also the final game of the season for Colorado. So it's like home crowd on their side. This is one of the best home home field advantages in the entire league. They brought in, I think like 2,000 fans to their last home game of the season last year, which was that playoff game. So big crowd, big environment, super teams. I I can't wait for this one. The individual matchup potential in this game might be the best ever. I mean, just like off the top of Maybe. my head, I think where I've got to go, I always go for the big boy matchup. So you get defensive player of the year, Cody Spicer, probably versus Jeff Babbitt which is just like running two semi-trucks head-to-head, head head, right? Um, Jack Williams maybe drawing like an Alex Tatum or a Matthew Ag, one of these kind of prototypical athlete defenders that the Summit have. Mm-hmm. Maybe Colorado throws a little curveball and throws Jay Frude onto D-line, a la Dallas in the 2019 uh, South Division Championship game when he helped turn sure. the tide against a heavily favored Flyers team. Uh, Jonathan Nethercutt drawing Ben Katz or something. You know, you have veteran versus veteran, you know. Or two, Brownlee? Can we get Brownlee on Nethercutt? That'd Brownlee be on Nethercutt? I, I mean, I, yeah. I almost think you'd want Brownlee on Atkins so you get a little bit of the length to solve some Maybe. of the problems yeah. Atkins presents in the handler set. And if he rotates downfield, then Brownlee doesn't have to call for a switch. But... Look, look at where Can't we are. Wrong. Look at where we are. I just yeah. started rolling out this ball of yarn and we're both just cats swatting at it, man. Like there, it just, uh, it goes on and awesome. on and on. You talk about Solomon and Ruschmeyer Bailey, who's been such a church key for this Empire team the past two years. Who is a solution on Colorado for him? Do we see like Joe Smash or somebody on him? Get a little bit of length. Someone who likes to get a hand block or two. Like it's, it, it's just infinite. And that's just kind of, you know, the trees in the forest, it sort of loses the larger, I think, storyline potential that you've been talking about, which is that this is Colorado's final game going into the postseason. Both of these teams just have a very stacked back end of their schedule. I mean, New York's got to play this game and then go the next night to Salt Lake, who will also just right. be licking their chops for a chance at the reigning champs. Uh, it, it, there's just... There's so many late season matchups in this 2023 schedule slate that are going to determine not only like uh, a home playoff game, but potentially like 
ramifications that will echo into championship weekend between some of the best teams in the league. And I think this has Mm got to be the, the a one example of that, but there's actually another, and you will have that in a second. I I wanted to continue on and talk about another important New York game. This time they get to host it. And it's a few weeks prior to the Colorado matchup in week 12. We'll be going back a little bit to week seven when the Atlanta Hustle will travel to the Empire State to face New York in a rematch of the 2021 playoff matchup that saw New York advance to championship weekend on a Jack Williams buzzer beater to Ryan Osgar, winning 22-21 to and actually a perfect payback because in week eight of 2021, Atlanta actually bested New York at the buzzer 22-21. to This is a matchup that I just want to continue to see on the calendar every single year going forward. These are two teams, I think, who just, for lack of a better way to put it, match up very well with each other. That Week 8 matchup, the first ever matchup between these two teams, other than the 2021 championship game that the Flyers won against the Empire, that Week 8 win by the Hustle was maybe the most impressive straight-up performance against the Empire over their last three seasons, right? Like, New York Mm -hmm. played a good game. They had their highlights. Atlanta had better highlights. And in more important times, you know, you talk about Kelvin Williams swatting down the disc at the final buzzer. Before that, in the fourth quarter, when it looked like New York might get a break, Matt Smith comes up with this insane against the grain block. Uh, I think it was in the second quarter, maybe, the Atlanta offense, loving the long ball, just testing Eckwurzel deep. He skies out Jeff Babbitt in one-on-one coverage. I mean, it was just, it was this inversion of the way in which we always think going into these Empire games that they just win those one-on-one battles with players like Osgar and Yacht and Babbitt and Jack Williams. But mm-hmm. in, in that game against the Hustle, it was Atlanta winning, right? And obviously last year with missing the postseason, we kind of forgot about, I think, Atlanta's prominence. And this road game at New York, I think, is a terrific way for the hustle to kind of reannounce themselves as possible championship contenders. Because I, I think we're quick to forget how good the hustle were in 2021. You know, you were we were talking at the beginning of this about the Flyers opening up 0-2 to begin 2021. Atlanta beat them in week one. Uh, they, yep. they won against D.C. They beat New York in 2021. You know, they almost beat New York in the playoffs. They had a halftime lead against them. Uh There's new pieces in this hustle lineup since that 2021 playoff loss to New York. Uh, There's still a lot of the pieces that performed well in that matchup. Austin Taylor was terrific in the playoff game, almost lights out as a deep thrower. Matt Smith was great. Carl Eckwurzel is back. They're going to have Jeremy Langdon and Max Thorne in this matchup against New York. I, I, again, just kind of like the size and the athleticism that the hustle bring against the empire. I think that they're really able to stand kind of eye to eye with them in a way that few teams are in this league. So I, I say all that. And yet because it's a home game, (laughs) I'm going to take the empire by again, like a goal because that's what this rival, this burgeoning rivalry is being decided by. It's it's just the variance for me with Atlanta. Like we have no their ceiling obviously is incredibly high and I hope they can play close to a ceiling game when they're going to New York. Obviously New York has a target on their back. Atlanta's going to want to show up for it. So I do think that's fully possible, but I just don't want one of these like like half 
Atlanta rosters where they're missing a chunk of guys. They kind of go in cold to a game and they're just never in rhythm. So I, I just never really know what I'm going to get with them any given weekend. So I, I am hopeful for a good game, just a little skeptical. I did forget in 2021, that game, I mean, they traded games with DC. They each won one against each other. But the time Atlanta beat DC, they just like absolutely suffocated the DC offense with their zone. So I feel like this Atlanta zone also kind of goes through highs and lows. Like sometimes they can really have a team's number. Other times, like in their New York games, New York doesn't really have much trouble with it. So I think I still think it's a fun tool that they have and can throw out teams. But, you know, the, the ability they have to really shut a team down, I don't see that happening with New York in particular. So I, I am going to take New York as well and agree with you. The last time these two teams met was also kind of the uh, the welcoming party for playoff Jack Williams, right? Like that was when he played, I think, every oh, yeah. point in the second half. He was playing on offense and defense. He was going every other as a thrower. He was orchestrating. He was playmaking. Like that's kind of where we it's think so... of him now. But that that was sort of the game that launched it, right? That, that, that game winner that he had to Osgar was the third third walk-off game winner that Jack Williams completed in 2021, either as a thrower or a receiver. Uh, just silly stuff. Like, I don't think anyone... It's so, it's so silly that, that New York has gone to championship weekend the past two seasons on a buzzer beater. Like it's, They seem so impervious. They seem so impervious, and yet it's basically been a coin flip. It just feels <laughs> right. different because of how consistently they do that stuff at the I end know. of the game. Right. So it like doesn't feel like a chance thing. It's like, oh, they they just are good at this. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, moving on. They always want to put themselves in, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Jack Williams, man. But moving on to uh, week 13. We're going back to the end of the season. This is the final week of the season. We have a Carolina at Atlanta game. And the week before, they are playing Atlanta at Carolina. So you've got back to back. Carolina-Atlanta games, the rumors about there being three South Division playoff spots, whatever, it makes it a little bit less interesting, but it's still going to be very critical for playoff seeding if there are, in fact, three spots. Obviously, we expect Austin to be in this conversation as well. Two road games in the South Division. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the third seed is going to be at a pretty significant disadvantage, and I worry about Carolina's schedule. We talked about it before. They are playing one of the toughest schedules in the entire league. So they might be battling for this second seed even. I mean, they might be battling for the first seed, but they might just be battling to have home field advantage in just one playoff game. So I'm I'm super excited for this matchup. Again, Atlanta's variants, I, I never quite know what I'm going to get with them, but final game of the season, big playoff implications. I do expect them to, to show up. And this is a home game for them too. They typically field stronger rosters at home. Carolina, there have also been some rumors about some of their guys maybe not returning this year, so they might have some offseason losses. That just might narrow the gap even uh, even a little bit more between these two teams. Four of their last five games have been decided by two goals or fewer. Yes, Carolina did sweep Atlanta in three meetings last year, but this is going to be the fourth meeting of the 2023 season for them, and they'll have just played the week before. Really, all of these Atlanta-Carolina games are going to be worth circling. But yeah, just a, a few things there. I I would take Carolina at this point. Like, I'd have a hard time believing 
that even if they do have a few offseason losses, that they're going to dip significantly just because of how deep they've been over the past several seasons and how they get injuries every year. They have to rotate their D-line, their O-line. It never really matters who they throw out there. They typically come to play. But this is going to be a really tough test going on the road to Atlanta in the final week of the season. So I'm, I'm excited for some waves in the South Division this year. I think this is one of the truest toss-ups of the entire 2023 schedule. Final weekend of the regular season, like you say, fourth meeting between these two teams this year. Yeah. They know each other so well. It's such a close rivalry. I I think Atlanta has the edge in a sense that losing three games last year is just not going to sit well with a hustle team this talented. But I I really think Mm -hmm. it's going to come down to, as glib as it might be to say, which team has better momentum by that final weekend. You know, which team is just playing a little bit better. I think it's going to be really kind of irrespective of what their records are, kind of what they're bringing in other than how did they play in that last matchup the week before, right? Like who kind of carried Mm -hmm. over the energy from that into the final weekend and who won that, you know, I just... I think there's going to be such a call and response between these two teams with, again, four right. <laughs> so many. But it's also, like you mentioned, momentum. It's also just momentum going into the playoffs. Like we saw mm-hmm. how that worked for Carolina in 2021, where they were just playing their best ultimate at the end of the season, peaking at the right time. So this is just another like really gritty test for both of these teams heading into the South Division playoffs, whereas... With Austin, we haven't talked about them too much, but their schedule is just loaded with these Texas teams. So they're just going to be presumably beating up on Dallas and Houston all year, rather than Carolina, Atlanta, I think are going to be a lot more battle-tested come playoffs. And this is just like the latest battle test that they will have. Well, the hottest flames form the toughest steel, so might be a little advantageous for Carolina and Atlanta to get their reps. And like you say, Carolina peaked at the end of the 2021 season when we were talking about how strong Atlanta was that year. Definitely was kind of in the beginning half. Like that week eight yeah. win against New York kind of marked to the absolute peak. And it felt mm-hmm. like ever since that it point, it's been a, slow, a little bit of a slow decline. So, mm-hmm. man, the last, the last meeting will definitely be a good, good lead-in for the 2023 playoffs but that will do it for this episode of swing pass we will not be back next week i'm gonna be on vacation sorry not sorry uh but we'll be back the following week of course i'm sure there will just be so much off-season news to get to a bunch of teams just concluded their close trouts this past week there's tons of roster information going on in the great ether of AUDL ultimate We'll be with you along the way the rest of this offseason as we lead up to the opening night kickoff on April 28th. We'll talk to you soon. Bye now.